evening and welcome to your Sunday night podcast here at This Is Ibrox. My name's Scott Patterson. As always, you're welcome to, to join us on the Sunday night and talk about a fairly eventful um, weekend and certainly a, an eventful um, couple of days, even in the run-up to um, to the weekend, since Kyle and Ross and Ben spoke to you live from a car park in Rugby Park. Um, joining me on the podcast this week, and I have to say, I haven't fixed my um, connection yet so hopefully we get through the next hour or so if we don't stick with us then we'll go anywhere kai watson joins us hi kai how are you all good scott how's things yes very well mate thanks for joining us and scott mitchell joins us as well scott how are you mate very well mate representing the ryan jack fan club today (laughs) so scott what people probably won't know is that um, you're pretty much the gentleman that's responsible for for pulling together the, the commentary piece um, at the start of this is Ibrox, which of course we play, we play as you guys wait for us to to arrive. Um, as an aside, and before we get into the, the sort of the nitty gritty of what we're discussing tonight, how difficult was that to pull together three or four minutes of big moments, big goals? Actually, probably not as difficult as you'd like to believe. Um, I think pretty much we had a, a small focus group of people who we just basically asked, you were included yourself, Scott, um, what was your what's your most memorable Rangers piece of Rangers commentary? And from that, we pulled out like 15, 16 different bits. It, it ranges all the way back to, you know, the Barcelona Bears, et cetera, when we initially did it, we've had to trim it down. Um, but it's actually surprisingly easy to find those bits of commentary. But the, the difficult bit was trimming it to make it suit. There's some fantastic pieces in there that we'd love to get added. And I think the point is, would like to make is if anybody's got a piece that isn't included that they really want in there, please give us it because we will be refreshing that maybe every now and again. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Teddy Bears, of course, comments on the the John Claude Darsville one as being a blast from the past, which of course it was, and so much good content in there. Every time I hear it, um, it always takes you back to to maybe places you were when that goal was scored or people you were with who let's be honest may not be around anymore. So it really does does definite moments of that that um. That really surprise us. So listen, we obviously have quite a lot to discuss tonight. What we are going to speak about is the progression from the Scottish Cup. Of course, we, we've we've managed to get into the um the next round of the F Cup after a a, a good um performance up at Perth yesterday. Maybe use good in, in air commas a little bit to be perfectly honest. However, um we're in the next round and that is indeed all that matters. Of course the draw was made today and we travel or Partick Thistle rather travel to our place on the weekend of the eleventh of February. Kyle, I'll start with you. Um, one of the things that's that's kind of taken my interest this week, um, we've we've played at three different grounds in the space of a week. We played at Hamden last weekend. Um, really poor surface, not good at all. Ground was cut up, no use whatsoever. We were at Kilmarnock midweek. Everyone knows about the Kilmarnock surface. It's a surface that you and I would play at if we're having a muck about with our pals. There's an argument for that not being sort of adequate enough for, for top flight football as far as I'm concerned. And then of course the pitch up at Perth um at the weekend yesterday I didn't think looked too clever yet. Michael Beale has taken these guys to each of these locations and win win win. Um he's had a really good start as a Rangers manager, hasn't he? I think it's definitely impressive when you consider the surface it's obviously not ideal for you know, the way Rangers are wanting to play, the getting the ball down, the in a quick attack in football, getting the ball forward, getting getting bodies forward. Obviously, those pitches aren't ideal for that. But I think the fact we've managed to progress in the two cups and obviously come away with the three points in the league, it's a testament to Michael Beale and the kind of work he's done since he's came in so far. Because I genuinely feel under G-based management, potentially wouldn't. Or maybe one of those games we might maybe wouldn't have came away with the result we wanted, but I think all you can really say again, I think all the games kind of second half better than the first half, but that's something as well. He feels obviously not working with the kind of team he wants, and he said that 
said that previously. He's obviously looking to put his own stamp on the side. Um, but the lack of transfers coming in so far, he's not been able to do that. So I think hopefully as he gets his own players in and players that are already there get even more used to the play style, we can kind of start a bit quicker. So I think that's kind of the biggest takeaway from the games, but definitely impressive. We've played on three surfaces that none of them have been ideal, three different surfaces, and came away with wins in all the games. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Robert, of course, um, who's watching us on YouTube, has, has, has piped in. He said, can you believe they turned the sprinklers on at halftime? Which is just, listen, it's it's incredible. It's not entirely surprising. It's Scottish football at its peak. Um, Scott Mitchell, on the game itself, McGregor comes back in, and I don't want it to, to turn into one of these who should we have as the goalkeeper debate because we know from our WhatsApp group that we have internally with this is Ibrox that that could go on for a long time and we just don't have enough to, to talk about it tonight. He did come back in, um, didn't have a, a huge deal to do. Um, I, I felt from a, a defensive perspective, I felt um, Ben Davies played well. Um, I felt Goldson played well. Um, I want to do a little bit about Borna Barisic because I know you are a big critic of Borna. Um, I thought he'd done okay yesterday. Borna Barisic, for me, the last two games, probably, at least. Yeah. Maybe he's, maybe he's turned the corner. Maybe. In his Rangers career, maybe he's looking like... And maybe it's because of Bill. Maybe he's now just starting to feel a bit more comfortable. We've got these... We've got the midfielders that like to go lateral across the pitch that, that offer a bit more support. So Borna's not having to look back the way. Borna and Tav, both of their strengths lie in the attacking third. We, we all know that. So... Maybe Bond has got a little bit of confidence back, a little bit of more pep in his step. I'm still not sold on him. I still think Yilmaz, for me, is the long-term solution. Um, yep. But I am, I am a big critic of Bond of Barisic. I, do think, I did think his time was up at Rangers, but players continue to impress me under Bill that maybe didn't under Gio, and I'm maybe starting to lean towards the was it an issue with the manager previously now, and is that what was it? So we've got tactics now that maybe just suit him as a player. As you say, defensively, we looked all right. I think the last few games, it's, it started to look quite decent. Ben Davies, it was interesting to hear his comments um, in the press conference just before the St. Johnson game, saying that he thinks he just needs to get a run of games under his belt. And post St. Johnson, he's thinking that might be him back to being at the level that he should be at. This is pretty much his mini pre-season period yeah. that he's went through. So he thinks he's going to be the player that he should be for the rest of his Rangers career. Um, and I, I'm not going to start on the, the Alan McGregor, John McLaughlin chat. I think they're both as bad. <laughs> I'm honest. I used to be a, a big McGregor fan. I used to be a big McLaughlin fan. I think maybe we need to refresh that area in the summer. And I hope he was on the same camp as me, if I'm totally honest. Do you know, it's, it's interesting to hear you bring up um, Ben Davies and, and him directly referring indeed to the fact that it was a, a, sorry, a pre-season for him. Um, Davies, I felt, got a bit of stick. Um, towards the the latter part it, it, uh, of last week on on social media, unfairly I I felt, um, and for a guy who I think people people maybe lose sight of the fact he didn't play a lot of football before he came up to us, and he he was kind of he wasn't even in and out of his previous team, um, so I think you 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 almost have to to take into account that this is his pre-season, his last wee while has indeed been his pre-season and he is getting used to a new backline, new teammates, etc. And I appreciate his training with these guys sort of Monday to Friday. However, nothing will be competitive football and understanding what your sort of right-sided centre-half is going to do, understanding what your left-back is going to do, particularly when the left-backs were changing for a wee while when Ridvan was indeed fit. Um, I thought, again, he, he he played really quite well yesterday. I, I I don't have any qualms about the partnership that he and Goldson are creating. Um, and I think it's something that we should be um, quite happy about. Having a a real genuine left-footed, left-sided centre-half um, complementing a, a right-sided, right-footed centre-half, I think is something we should be absolutely embracing and and really sort of singing as, as much about as, as we possibly can. Um, Kai, of course, one goal. Um, split difference in, in the game. I we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. I felt Rangers kind of, we done okay in the first half, as I say. Fashion Sakala has taken on an 
unbelievable lease of life under Michael Beale. And what I didn't realise is that the, the effort that he had that led on the post was actually a really good save by the St Johnston keeper. Remy Matthews gets a, a decent fingertip onto it. But Sakala, again, um, I thought was, for all he seems to struggle as to what he's actually doing more often than not, I thought he made a really big difference for us yesterday. No, I think it definitely does, and on the form is on as well. And I think it was kind of missed a wee bit in how good the Barisic finishes is, but it's also a really good effort from Sakala. Like you said, it's a great save, but from the angle he's kind of hitting that, it's, it's a really good effort. And again, like you say, it is a really good save from Matthews. But obviously, you've got the link up play with Sakala and Tillman, the bit of magic that probably no one else in the park does in that back heel. I don't really see anyone else kind of chipping in. Yeah. With that, and then it gets to Sakala, and again, I think it's it's a great effort, but it's frustrating in the way that he's capable of that kind of technical ability. Like you've seen, I've absolutely raved about the goal against Dundee United. I think it's probably my favourite goal this season. That's a tremendous finish, and it's knowing that he's capable of that. But there's so many times he slashes at it, and it goes wide, and like you say, there is times he sometimes doesn't look like he knows what he's doing, but he's contributing amazing numbers. I think he is getting a bit more consistent. I think he's at an age as well. I think he's, what, 24, 25, Sakala? Yeah. I think he's just about to come into his prime, and I think if he can keep continuing on the kind of upward trajectory he's going with his performance, I think he's obviously got a real player on our hands if he can get the consistency to go with the numbers that he's putting in. Kai, I want to stick with you. How did you think Tillman done yesterday in the tie? I think I think it's a particularly bad performance from Tillman. I think he is a type of player that will come in and out of games, but you need him in there for that. Like I say, the back heel that he pulls off for Takala to have the shot, which then leads to the goal. Like No one else on the pitch does that for Rangers right now. There's not anyone in that 11 or anyone... Apart from maybe Lowry on the bench, obviously he comes on and plays that lovely kind of outside of the foot pass, so maybe he might be capable of something like that. But I think Tillman's the only player that keeps that move going the way it does, that puts Sakala in that position and obviously ends up in a goal. Like, he might not, he's not a 7 out of 10 player every game, but when he's capable of moments of magic like that, it's kind of hard to, it's hard to keep him out because those are the type of players we've not had in recent times and that's where we're not picking up points whereas with Tillman in there you know he's capable of something like I think back to the the Motherwell game at Fur Park where he scores the wonder goal like yeah. we had nothing in that game nothing really going forward and then he pulls that out of the bag and it's a completely different game he's the type of player you just you need to have in there like uh, it sounds in a weird saying but just in case because he is capable of that yeah, I, mean, I think you're absolutely right. I think the, the thing that we're, we're seeing about Tillman is that he has that ability to almost wander around and do very little for a, for a period of the game and then all of a sudden, click, he's he's there and that moment of magic can, can sort of release something. Um, the finish itself, Scott Mitchell, was a really good finish from Borna Barisic. I, my, my gut reaction was, what the heck are you doing up there? And then I realised it wasn't Gio that was in charge anymore, so our fullbacks are allowed to move from where they are. Um, it, it, listen, it was a, it was an absolutely cracking finish, wasn't it? Right in the roof of the net, left the keeper with no chance. It was absolutely perfect. Um, he'd obviously sized up the goal a few minutes before with his free kick as well. Yeah. Um, that could have easily found the back of the net, so he knew exactly what he was doing. I think for me, it, it's it's night and day for what we saw in the semi final. He had two very very good chances for similar positions against Aberdeen under very little pressure to hit the target, and he scaffed at both chances. This one takes his time, goes back across the keeper, which is exactly what any coach would tell you to do in that position. Um, and it's a, a fantastic finish. I have to say, credit to the keeper yesterday. I think, was it was it Parrish in goals for? for Remy Matthews was Remy Matthews. Remy Matthews. Was he was excellent. Right. He was excellent. Absolutely brilliant. I think he stopped a fantastic header for Goldson at some point in the game as well. Stops a callous shot um, from going in just before the uh, Bonner's goal. He kept the score down. Bonner's finish was tremendous though and hopefully just like we saw a few years ago back at St Mirren when he got his first goal for the club hopefully yeah. we now see a renewed Bonner Barisic right now um, genuinely nothing would nothing would please me more to see Bonner back to what he was 
maybe at the start of his Rangers career, maybe even at his Ossiet career, just see that marauding fullback they can put across in and get his chances. But, you know, I, I've been critical of him. As I say, hopefully this is a turning point for him. Listen, it's funny you mentioned um, the, the sort of Borna of old. Um, I just wonder if Borna Barisic is maybe getting a tough time this year based on the fact that we all know as a support that we've spent north of four or five million, however much it was, to to bring in um, Red Van Yilmaz. I mean, if memory serves me right, and correct me from the comments if I'm wrong, I may very well be in indeed, guys, if, if you think I'm talking tosh, by all means, jump in. Um, I think so far this season, Borna Barisic has got nine assists. Um, when you look at maybe the the form of our advanced forwards, when we had the previous guy in charge, um, I would argue that maybe their assist rate wasn't as high as a guy that we're saying maybe isn't good enough to be the first choice left back, potentially. Um, so I do wonder, Kai, and I don't know if you agree, if you think Borna this season has maybe had a bit of a rough trot purely based on the fact that we know that we've spent good money on a second left back who everyone just naturally assumes is going to be first choice when he's fit. I think a lot of the issues with Barisic, like anyone that's critical of him going forward, is because we know what he's capable of. And there's so many times in the last couple of games he's been in good crossing positions and he's... I thought, especially the Celtic game, he kept overhitting crosses. They got in a lot of good positions and he was just firing crosses out for goal kicks or they were going out for a throw and he just I couldn't really find his feet. And I think, it's, I mean, the assist numbers are great, like nine assists from left-back. You can't really, really can't really complain about that. But I think the, the issue with him is mostly defensively. Like, obviously spoke about a lot in the WhatsApp chat and it's been spoken about on the podcast about the goal against Aberdeen like basics and yeah. those times you've sold firm games he's just been a nightmare you're just sitting on the edge of your seat every time the ball's in the right hand side I think he definitely seems more settled I think the same with Ben Davis I think the start they were kind of a weak point more so in the defensive side from Barisic I think now that they're settled together, I think they look a lot more solid. But in regards to Yilmaz, I think it's a tough one, depending on how Bill wants to play, because Yilmaz is obviously a completely different player. Seen in the Dundee game when he played, I think Scott Wright played in front of him on the left, but Yilmaz was always wanting to kind of drive inside, take on his man, and kind of play through the middle, whereas Barisic hugs the touchline, they get good quality crosses into the box. So I think depending... The first choice dependent thing's not even on the money that was spent in Yelmaz. So obviously that wasn't wasn't Michael Beal signing. I think it just depends on when Yelmaz is fit, how Beal wants to keep using his fullbacks and if he wants to have to stay wide on the right, if he wants someone like Yelmaz who'll drive inside, or if he still wants to kind of stick with Borna and have that fullback he knows is going to deliver quality crosses from the wide area. Yeah, listen, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I, one of the things that I think is is very, very obvious is for all they play in the same position, they are entirely different left backs. Um, Red Van sort of looking to 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 sort of cut inside, probably to allow someone else to go beyond them, which I get. Um, whereas Borna is very much that sort of marauding straight up the, the line guy when he's allowed, and I, I think we we've, we've maybe seen that a bit more than 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 what we care to um, admit. Um, this season, I think he's he's in a he's in a reasonably decent run of form, and I know that sort of last weekend at Hamden he was sleeping for the the goal that we conceded against Aberdeen. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, however, when we get to the end of the season, the numbers will will probably tell us just how good he's been at the moment. Halfway through a season where um, managers have changed, I think nine assists for a left back, and now he's on the score sheet. I think is not bad going. Scott, one thing that um, probably takes us away from the game at, at, at Perth um, at the weekend. Um, this week, since Bill came in, as his first Monday to Friday that he's had to work with the players on the training pitch. Um, I just wonder how important that will be for Michael Beal in the first instance, but latterly, the, the players, and you look at, I'm, I'm particularly talking about guys like Alex Lowry, um, Roof, if, if he's developed an element of fitness, but particularly the guys that are trying to work up towards fitness, your John Suters, your Yanis Hadjis, um, I 
don't particularly think we're going to see Tom Lawrence again until next season now, to be perfectly honest with you. But the guys that are on the verge of getting to a decent degree of fitness, this Monday to Friday period where they have the opportunity to work with the manager and his coaching staff, really important, isn't it? 100%. Um, I think a few press conferences ago, this is when Michael Beale said that John Suter was a touch and goal for the St Johnson game just gone. And I think he was expecting Yanis Hadji back for the weekend coming. Yeah. So it could be a massive week in terms of our season. I'm still of the point of view that the league, we just put that to one side right now. That will sort itself out. We're not in a competition right now. We just need to focus on the Cups. Um, <laughs> you're getting called out for, <laughs> for getting Kemar Roof a chance of fitness. There we go. Um, but no, I, I, I believe you're right in saying this is going to be the first uh, Monday to Friday that the team have got on the football pitch. But if rumours that we've heard today are anything to go by, the team are all out in the lash tonight. So it definitely will be a Monday to Friday. It's going to be a Tuesday to Friday um, sort of get up for them. Um, I'm interested to see what the next lineup's going to be then because you're absolutely right. It's Bill's first time just getting everybody sat down for a full week imposing his ideas because his own words, and I think this was pre-match, not post-match, was that he's had to ask players to sort of dig in and find ideas from back when he was here with Gerard, he's not been putting anything out in the playing for the football pitch. So that's why he's went with the tried and trusted. It's probably why we've not seen a lot of players like Alec Lowry, who didn't really feature under Gerard. It's yeah. probably why he's went with what he knows. Um, I know a lot of people on their fans are Ryan Jack. I think he's very crucial to what Bill wants to do, but Ryan Jack's a prime example of that. He's a player that knows the system um, and he's able to fit in. So maybe this, this week will be crucial in terms of what we put, what they put in. Hopefully, we've also got one or two signings um, you know, coming at the four this week. Um, I think expectations is we'll have at least one. I think Buell was quite confident of that as well. Um, Kai put a fantastic piece uh, today, I think yesterday, about Nicholas Raskin, and we know he's potentially on the verge as well. So maybe there's going to be some reinforcements there. Maybe come next week we're going to look like a completely different team. Um, and that's really what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for a wee spark from one or two players. Um, just want to touch on what you said about Bonner Barris as well. Nine assists. Yep, fantastic. For about 4,000 crosses, though. Um, so maybe we need to look at the ratio in terms of the time we're getting for the guy as well. <laughs> but listen, the, my argument is he can only cross the ball or try and cross the ball. <laughs> listen, it's a fair, it's a fair point. I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, I, I do still think that um, he, he gets a bit of a he gets a bit of a rough deal. Um, however, we will. Um, We'll see how the season goes. Listen, before we get into some transfer talk, which I'm really keen to go to next, um, I should say, if you're not following us across social media, then you really should be. Get yourself involved. We're on Facebook, This Is Ibrox, and we're also on Twitter and Instagram, at This Is Ibrox. I'm going to direct you a little later on in the show to our um, webpage, where we've got lots of fantastic articles on there. One has landed today from Gus Denham, which really promotes how good Ben Davies has been the last couple of weeks and since he arrived and since he gets into a bit of consistency in games, which backs up why, why he spoke about maybe five, ten minutes or so ago. I will give you the details for that um, a little later. Kai, it seems like a good time to to go on to potential new signings, which we think are, are going to arrive next week. Now, I think, and I say this without any knowledge at all, um, I think if we cover, we'll cover them in order, of who I think may come in. And I think it will be Cantwell, Whitaker, and I think Raskin will be in the summer, to be perfectly honest with you. I think, I may be wrong, um, you've done little articles for us across our um, webpage on each of these players. We'll start with Cantwell. Um, what do we think we're getting? What are we getting with Todd Cantwell? Is this one of those ones where you have no knowledge, Scott? It's one of these, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think in regards to Todd Cantwell, I think a lot of people have actually maybe not watched him so much recently, but when Norwich got promoted to the Premier League, like he was on fire for a team that obviously ended up being relegated. Like he was impressive enough to be spoken about getting called up to the England team. There was rumours. I know there was definitely rumours of him going to Spurs. I'm sure Liverpool were in there as well. There was fees been spoke about as high as a 15, 20, 25 million, which when you're touted has been worth that much kind of money. It's, I think he was 20, 21 at that time. Yeah. Like there's obviously massive ability there. Just the issue comes with, I think, confidence. So obviously reading kind of 
feeding in depth about Cantwell over the last couple of years. He spent quite a bit of time out with personal issues, which I don't know if that's something that's been sorted because I know there was, I think when the rumour first came around, people were worried because he'd been out for some time, but it was thinking it was another player with kind of injury history that we were signing. Yeah, but kind of diving deeper into that, it seems the time he spent out was for personal reasons. I don't know if that's something that's kind of been sorted as of now. I know some kind of Norwich fans and Norwich podcasts have said he's maybe mentally a little bit fragile, which could be a worry. No Rangers fans aren't always the most patient. So I think he's definitely a player we're kind of going to have to be a bit patient with because he's got genuinely all the ability in the world. He can take the ball on the half turn. He can beat a man. He's technically really good. He's not not got an incredible burst of pace, but he is quick. He's quick off the mark. He's awkward to get off the ball. He picks up a lot of fouls, kind of in the same vein as Malik Tillman's been doing for us. Yeah. So we don't have, we spoke about it in our group chat, we don't have enough players that can take the ball on the half turn and drive yeah. forward. And that's why when you have Jack and Lundstrom playing together, it's a lot of sideway passes, pass to the fullback. At times, it even looks like the horseshoes came back, which nobody wants to see. So the more players we can kind of add in the midfield that can do that. I mean, Tillman's capable of it, Kamara, but you never really see those guys together. So I think if you can throw Cantwell in there and just gives us that ability to give someone the ball and just kind of let them make something happen. I think the same kind of way I spoke about Tillman earlier, like he's capable of bringing something from nothing. You can never have enough players like that in my eyes. Scott, um, the Todd Cantwell one has kind of dragged on a little bit, and I, I think there's there's a element of the of the support now um, that would be super frustrated. I think it's fair to say if this one doesn't get over the line this week. Hundred percent. Um, but we're, we're, it's gone for the days now of just contacting a player and saying, "Do you want to sign here?" There's so many different variables that that need to be considered uh, in terms of a player signing for a club now. Um, as well, we're going from a, a sort of pre-contract signing and then reduced fee as a result of that as well. So there's a lot yep. to be considered here. The club needs to make sure it gets a good deal. I don't doubt that potentially Norwich are going to get a half-decent deal out of it as well, potentially a sell-on fee, because they know that when he comes up here, if he does good, inflated value and all that thing, since there's no longer six months left in his contract. It, it, by all accounts, we've all had it done as a, a done deal for a while. We all seem to think it's done and over the line. Um, I would be very, very unhappy, maybe even version on the on the line of sad if Todd Cantwell wasn't playing the Rangers within the month, if I'm totally honest. I, I just kind of have to echo everything Kai says, though. I didn't know much about Todd Cantwell when I was asked last time I was on the pod about Cantwell. <laughs> um, I have since went and researched everything about the boy. And aside from his TikToks that Ross has kindly mentioned in the comments, um, I think impersonated as well, apparently. Well, I, 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 we'll, we'll put that out in the on the socials very soon. We'll show you what Ross has been doing on his TikTok. Um, but no, I think we've we've got a gemmy a player there. Echoing what Kai says, players are going to be able to get close to Malik Tillman and and a link with him and help break it up. You saw it yesterday with Sakala, just that sort of one-two with the back heel, a bit of invention. Cantwell's that sort of player as well. Half turn, brilliant. Um, somebody commented, "Can he play in ploughed fields?" He plays in Norwich. It's basically a farm, mate, if I'm totally honest. So, I he's <laughs> going to be able to cut it up here. No problem at all. Listen, I, I think he's someone that... Um, I genuinely think that Rangers fans, assuming it'll come off, and it, listen, Ross um, from the This Is Ibrox podcast has is, is, is kindly volunteered his opinion that Campwell will be announced tomorrow. I think there's a really good chance that Todd Campwell will be announced um, as a Rangers player tomorrow, I, I think if it's going to happen, um, it may very well happen tomorrow. Who's to say if the media team are indeed off today and maybe enjoying some light refreshments tonight, that some bits and pieces haven't already been done? Um, I think there's a good chance there'll be an announcement tomorrow in some way, shape or form. Um, Scott, I'll stick with you. We're obviously been heavily linked with, or we were heavily linked with up to a point last week, um, Morgan Whitaker at um, Swansea, um, Rangers defensive legend Russell Martin, of course, in charge of Swansea, um, was um, was able to sort of put the cat amongst the pigeons a little bit, knock back a couple of bids that we've made, and I actually named them in the squad um, for the weekend, and then 
going by what we think we've read, if I've read it properly, it looks like um, the boys decided that his head isn't in the right place to play, which suggests to me that he is looking for a move up the road, so to speak. We were speaking about him off um, off camera before we started tonight. He is, and before anyone jumps on me, um, we're not saying he is better or like Cody Gapko that um, Liverpool signed from PSV, who we, of course, we played indeed at the start of the season. Um, however, in build and position similarity, Scott, he's not a million miles off from, from what that boy plays for Liverpool. No, absolutely. I think we should also add played and beat earlier in the yeah, season. Uh, we did beat PSV, um, in case anybody can rem- can't remember that far back. Um, but no, <laughs> I, so pl- playing position, build, style, um, he plays in that, you know, he plays in that sort of same area. It's very, very interesting to hear um, Stephen Gerrard yesterday on BT Sport talking about Cody Gakpo and saying what position he would play Cody Gakpo in. He describes him as a winger who plays narrow. That is Michael Beale's system at yep. all day of the week. So, I mean, if we're getting Morgan Whitaker, who, by all accounts, for what we've seen, we've all seen the highlights, we've all seen his, his goals for Plymouth, looks like that sort of player. It's just a perfect fit. And we've got the, the previous manager basically saying, that is where I'm going to play him. So you, you can see it. It looks like a signing. I think Brees was the one that called it out yesterday, though I don't know if this, this rule has changed. But players never used to be able to play for more than two clubs within a calendar year. Um, which would make sense why Whitaker was not in the squad if he is coming here. If he played, couldn't have played for us this season, so there'd been no point in him signing. So for me, again, it seems like that one's grown arms and legs within a week, um, but it seems to be one that I'd expect to go over the line. But I'm hearing all sorts of talk about what sort of transfer fee we're looking at. I've heard three million, I've heard four million. Um, I heard Kai getting called out earlier for, for, for Raskin's three million as well on Twitter. So you're hearing, you're hearing all sorts of figures getting banded about for these players. And I'm just wondering to myself, are we throwing money at something that doesn't need money thrown at it right now is my worry. Especially with the Raskin one, could we just wait to summer? Kai, on on Whitaker and and listen, I I think Scott's absolutely right he refers to Stephen Gerrard um, speaking about um, Gagpo Um, and I think in in the case of Whitaker potentially coming to us, he definitely fits a a profile in the first instance of how we like to play but secondly, if he comes up here and really sort of hits the ground running and plays out his skin, two, three years down the line, there's a good chance we're selling him on for a reasonably decent profit Um, so it's all about profile with him for me. And I think that I personally think this will be the one that could very well drag on to Tuesday. It's announced tomorrow. I appreciate I'm going to look really daft. However, I do think this is one that could um, could lift on to, to, to deadline day. Where are you on Morgan Whitaker? I know you've done a piece for us, which again, as I say, I'll direct the, the troops over to a, a little later on in the, in the show. But where are you on, on Morgan Whitaker coming up? Um doing about research, I was 100% all in on Whitaker. Just kind of style of play, like obviously the build they can affect. Gakpo actually said in the article, and I thought I was going to get stick for it, but I don't know if people just kind of glossed over it, but I compared them to Nasser Chadley, which is a compliment. Yeah, like of course it's it more The build, like he plays, like he likes to cut inside, he can play in the middle, he's strong, he's difficult to get off the ball. I do think Whitaker's a bit quicker than Chadley ever was. He's also got, got a really nice left foot he takes. I mean, he takes corners, he takes free kicks. Can I, someone else that can offer the kind of deliveries that Barisic does and obviously been able to cut in and kind of he plays the same way that Kent does on the other side. Obviously, completely different builds of players, but like actual play style. Like he loves taking men on. He'll drive inside. He tries to get the shot away. If not, he's a very capable passer. Like his assist numbers are really good. Like nine goals, seven assists. Like those, I don't think those are numbers you can kind of ignore. And going with the profile as well, again, it's completely different to Cantwell. Cantwell's been kind of young player that was really promising, touted for a big move, and then for reasons mostly unknown to anyone but him, it's not worked out for him. Whereas Whitaker's just had the best spell of his career. He's been recalled by Swansea, but wasn't anywhere near the squad until obviously Russell Martin's comments at the weekend, which I think again is just to kind of try and drive the transfer, but he's only 22, like I said, in a massive purple patch of form right now, I think if we can get him, I think 
three millions, probably a fair figure. I don't know if I'd go as high as four. And again, like Scott's saying as well, I'm not 100% sure if they're asking for four million. It's really an area that we need. Right now, you've obviously got the form that Sakala's in. We don't know where kind of Hadji's going to play. We don't know if Field's going to want Hadji to play off that side and come in, obviously. Hadji's ambidextrous and he can cut inside on his left foot. But obviously, again, it's a different build of player. It's just really what Bill's looking for. Again, he might try Whitaker through the middle. I think varying sources kind of on his height, but I think he's at least six one. He's got kind of the technical ability and the ability in general to be able to play through the middle. So I think it just depends on what Bill wants. I, I do think he's got another, his contract's either to 2024 or 2025. I don't think paying three million for a 22-year-old, I also described him as a unicorn of a player, just for kind of what he offers and the build and play style. Like there's not many players that size that are kind of that quick and nippy as well. Yeah. So I think three million, I'd definitely take the risk on. Or if it's anything, if it's closer to four, or anything they're asking, I maybe would wait until the summer and see kind of how it plays out. You know, it's one thing that I, I'll be honest with you, Kai, I thought you were going to say that comment that I absolutely hate. Um, he's got great feet for a big guy. This footballer, mm-hmm. come on. Um, listen, I, I think if we bring him in, um, I think he would instantly strengthen the squad. And I say that based on what we have just now, probably without really knowing what he's like properly as a player. I've seen very some some very brief footage of him and he, he, he looks a bit of a rough diamond, but I do think... Um, that he would be someone who would enhance the squad. Kyle, I'll be honest with you. After Wednesday, um, when we saw the guys in Kilmarnock um, podding from um, various areas, um, it became apparent on Thursday that this um, Raskin rumour um, had became much more of a thing and was really accelerating at quite a bit of pace, thankfully. Um, now, Patrick Caskey has been on this Raskin case for probably the best part of about 18 months. And if anyone would have listened to him um, before, I think it was Standard Liège came to um, to Ibrox with, um, not last year, the year before. Um, and he, he's been banging that drum for a long time. You have done a fantastic article for us across on our website. And I'm really just desperate for you to explain to everyone who's looking in the chat what we need to know about Raskin. So some of these guys, if they're looking in, they don't know anything about Raskin, the floor is yours. What are we getting? So I think it's been no secret that fans have been kind of calling out for the kind of ideal number six, because when you look at you look at numbers, you look at play style, I mean, that's where John Lundstrom's been playing. That's not his best position. It's not his game. Like, he can pick up the ball, but Raskin played a compared them to and I will compare them to because I loved Kevin Thompson at Rangers at the time he was one of my favourite Rangers players and he just he's a player that's going to give a bite and an energy that we don't have right now like you just I feel watching Rangers recently obviously Ryan Jacks had his fitness fitness issues but even watching Lundstrom he kind of looks leggy a lot of the time and yeah. he's he's playing in a position I don't feel kind of suits kind of suits his play style but Raskin comes in, he's a player, like I looked at the stats on average, like when Lundstrom's playing in the six for Rangers, he averages one tackle a game, whereas Raskin was averaging over three. Again, for the tackle percentage one, Lundstrom was 48% on less tackles, and Raskin wins 50% of the tackles, 57% of the tackles he goes in for at a much higher rate. He's just someone that's going to bring a massive amount of energy, a massive amount of bite and just sheer determination, but he's also quality on the ball. Already had four assists for Standard Leeds this season before. Obviously the contract negotiations kind of broke down and it was decided he was going to get chucked into their B team, but he's comfortable bringing the ball out. Very accomplished passer. Passing numbers, again, are great. Obviously Patrick's also done a lot on Rask and you can see the kind of passing numbers from that. The player that can play those passes that kind of Ben Davis is playing from centre-half right now where he breaks the lines, Raskin, someone that's also capable of doing that just from slightly further up the pitch. It's one I'm probably the most excited about and from your no knowledge 
point of view that it may not happen to the summer is really upsetting me right now. <laughs> no, listen, I, I, from, and I don't know anything, and I would love to be one of these guys that pretend I do, but I'm not going to do that. Um, I just think based on, almost just based on the quickness of the Raskin rumour, it, it disappeared. Almost he was, do you know what I mean? He was going to Marseille, he was going to Toulouse, he was going elsewhere. He certainly wasn't coming to Govan. And I think in the course of a couple of days towards the end of last week, it suddenly became a thing and it, it feels like it could be real and it ticks so many boxes for us at a, a really good time. Scott, if we bring in these three guys in January, um, they're starters now, aren't they? Don't see why not. Um, I think the, the question mark is probably over Morgan Whitaker out of the three. Um, over whether he starts because you've got Hadji coming back potentially to full fitness and we know that Beal from his time with, with Gerard is probably a fan of Hadji so I Whitaker's probably the only one there and again what Mackay said again Sakala's rich vein of form right now I think Sakala's undroppable but aye the other two probably come in and start for me um, Raskin for what I know from him for what I read from Kai's article he's got a bit of I'm trying to keep this PG he's got a bit of devil about him um, nice. a, a bit of dig, you know, a, a just a bit of determination and drive. Kevin Thompson, like one of the players that I was very keen on, is looking at, and I'll probably get a lot of stick for saying this out loud now. Um, was Cami Devlin at Hearts, somebody with that yeah. bit of dig and determination, somebody to drive the midfield, just get it going. And if Raskin's anything like that, hundred percent, he slots into that midfield. Um, as Kai says, Lundstrom's playing not not out of position, but in the wrong variation of his position right now. Um, in our system, he shouldn't be playing one of these wide midfielder roles. Um, he should be playing well, a little bit more box to box. But we want Raskin deeper. We want Raskin the Steve Davis role. I think is is kind of what Kai's saying. You want him that bit deeper in the six. So yeah, he starts. Um, Todd Cantwell for signing. We can't know Sam. Let's be honest. Like you were saying, he's a confidence player. He needs to feel loved. And I think a few good games under these belt at Rangers, and he'll be loved and he'll be back doing nice TikTok dances on the pitch. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't wait to see Ross doing that. Um, listen, obviously, if we're bringing in these three guys, um, we, we can't just suddenly go with 14. Um, so John Weir jumps in and I think asks generally if there's anyone within the first team squad that will be disappearing this month. We'll get to Charlie McCann in a second. But I, I think as far as um, replacements are concerned, Scott, I'll stick with you on this. These three guys come in. Who goes out? But a bit of warning there would have been nice, Scott, if I'm totally honest, mate. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's a difficult one because I'm saying there about Whitaker coming in, who drops out for him. I genuinely don't know. Yeah. Do we do we then ship out Yanis Hadji on loan for 18 months, try to get his fitness back? Do we do something like that? Does he does he drift away? Um, Raskin, I think, comes in and takes a place that potentially Stephen Davis has lost out on. So there we don't need to lose anybody. We've already effectively lost that player. I know yeah. Beal was very confident in saying there's been one or two questions um, coming from other clubs about our players right now. McCann's definitely one of those. I'm at loath to say who the other one might be, if I'm totally honest. If there's only one more, I just can't consider who else it's going to be. Is it going to be Alec Lowry? Potentially get him game time somewhere, get him a run of games. I don't expect any one of the of the guaranteed starters under Beal to be leaving. I don't expect us to be losing somebody like Ryan Jack or Cholak or anything like that. Um, that actually fits really well into the into the song, by the way, Kyle. That's a that's a very good shout. Tavernier fashion, Whitaker and Raskin playing in Royal Blue. That's fantastic. I've missed that song since Bassey and Aribo left, if I'm totally honest. <laughs> I really missed that. Um so no, it's it's an interesting one. I don't know who drops out and I c I'd I'd be surprised to see, as I say, one of the first team players dropping out, if I'm totally honest. Listen, I I I do want a my gut reaction in the first instance is it's clearly a very busy night at McLean Towers. However, secondly, I do worry um, if with us bringing in guys like Tillman and um, with us bringing guys in like Cantwell, potentially Raskin and Whitaker as well, I do wonder if a decision has been made on the maybe the permanent signature of, of Malik Tillman as the season progresses. I do wonder if they just think we may not need to do a deal for Malik Tillman if we bring in um, these three guys in the summer without, or now and or in the summer, without considering anything else that, that may or not happen. It's going to be very interesting to watch what Rangers do between now 
and next Tuesday. Of course, it's not all about players coming in. Kai, over the weekend, it seems quite likely that Charlie McCann um, will depart the club probably this week. Um, at some point, Forest Green um, looks to be the next sort of location for Charlie McCann. Are you a wee bit surprised at him looking to move on to further his career? I think, first and foremost, I massively respect the decision. It's obviously came out that he was offered the deal. He didn't sign the deal because he wants to play first-team football, and I don't think... Like, I think he should be massively praised for that. I know there's some fans that are gutted, but I think on the limited game time he's had, I've never been overly impressed. Like, I think he, he will be a good player in his career. He's obviously been in Man United's academy. Like, you don't get in there if you don't have something about you. But... I just don't feel he's like he does the simple things well. And then he came on semi final against Aberdeen. I think he just looked lost. Yeah. And I don't know if that was he obviously only gets a few minutes there, but even in that he doesn't he didn't look up to standard and I've just never been that impressed by him. And again I've said this a few times in the group chat, because he's not homegrown, it feels like less of a loss. Whereas if it was a the permanent sale of someone like Lowry. Like, can I feel a bit more because he's, I say, a proper academy product because we've not we've not produced Charlie McCann. He's been he's been bought in, whereas Lowry's kind of come up through. So I don't. And I feel I know a lot of fans feel like a soreness about it. Yeah. But I think they'll kind of look back and realise that in his limited appearances and a few of the guys have said it in the group chat as well that a few of us of the belief he was never going to get to our level so I respect his decision to turn down the deal and good luck to him hopefully we've got a nice sell on on that in case he does hit can I any potential that he could have yeah I'm going to get on to um, the B team very shortly Sean Maxwell jumps in via YouTube and I say and using John Suter will he get in the first team this season or should we put him out on loan Scott Mitchell I think John Suter is one of these guys who you, you do look at and say you could do a game time, um, disappear for six months or so and just see what you can do and see if you can stay fit, I think, in the first instance, particularly in John Suter's case. 100%. Um, if we still had European competition this season, Suter would be nailed on staying at Rangers um, post yeah. the end of this transfer window. The fact that we don't probably puts Beal in an interesting position, but you then have to look at, well, who's your third centre-back in that rotation? Um, Beal's probably one of these very much similar to Gerard, where he wants two players for each position. Yeah, we don't really have that at centre back unless you're including Leon King. I wouldn't expect John Searle to go anywhere. Um, but it is an interesting thought of do we just go and get him game time? I don't think so. Uh, we can't trust Phil Hollander's fitness. Um, whether he'll even be here at the end of the window, nobody really knows. And Leon King's obviously taking a bit of dent to his, con- his confidence. So. I think it makes sense if John Stewart sticks around at least for the next six months and then we see where we are in the summer. Scott, I'll stick with you in the Charlie McCann thing. Um, one of the things that I think Charlie McCann is, I don't want to say peeved at, but um, <clears throat> over the, the, the years we've heard a lot about pathways and youth being given a chance. And you look at your guys like Nathan Patterson and Adam Devine recently, Alex Lowry, who everyone is waxing lyrical about. Um, Charlie McCann was probably the next one that was coming into that sort of category. If he does depart, um, I just wonder what it says. Two things about the pathway in the first instance, but who's who's coming next? Who's screaming up for that B Academy, B Team Stroke Academy, into the first team next? There's no one that you, I think, you really read or hear about that is absolutely nailed on to naturally make that progression and that step up, if you like, in that big changing room. No, I mean, you've got the two players I think that a lot of people might know about. I know everybody knows the name Zach Lovelace. Um, boy, it was at Millwall now scoring for fun in the B team by all accounts. Um, there's also, I'm going to murder this name, I know I am, Paul Nisio, um, yep. who apparently is a very, very good technically technical player. They're both far too young, though, I think, to be considered for first-team football at Ibrox. Um, they're both project players. Uh, Lovelace has came through a very decent youth set-up down at Millwall. Nisio was, by all accounts, a street footballer, very much of the, the Joe Aribo build. Yeah. Uh, the only time I've seen the boy play was when we played Liverpool in the Youth Champions League, and I thought he looked very, very good technically on the ball. Um, so, no, there's, there's no there's no that next, who is the next best player. In terms of the pathway, if you're good enough, you're going to get a game at Rangers. Calvin Bassey and Nathan Patterson, probably less Patterson, more Bassey, are testament to that. 
Bassey was an absolute revelation. He showed that he was good enough to be in that Rangers team, even not in his natural position. So there is the possibility there of players breaking through, but I think we need to get rid of this whole give them game time just because we can and we should. Yeah. Um, people saying, oh, throw the kids on because we're winning, it's late in the game. If we'd done that against Coman, that we lost a goal very, very quickly, went to uh, went to three two, and yeah. at that point, you know, it's squeaky bum thing. You can't trust a young player there. You need to try and trust his heads on there. Charlie McCann hasn't played for Rangers because he's no good enough to have a starting berth at Rangers. Sorry yeah. to say it, it's just it's, it's the fact as of right now. I don't for a second believe that Michael Beale stood in front of Charlie McCann and said, "I'm not going to play because I fancy Ryan Jack." Yeah, I know. I, I listen. I think there's. There's a lot of truth in what you say there, and I, I agree. I do feel sorry that it looks like Charlie McCann's Rangers career is, is over. However, um, as you and Kai have both said, I think if the boy's looking to go and, and play full first-team full first football, um, then it's something he should be admired for in the first instance. Um, listen, Scott, thanks for coming on. It's always good to have you on, buddy. Good to see you. Thanks very much. Appreciate that. And Kai, listen... Big week for you because you've churned out all these articles for us. We've got the Cantwell one, we've got the Whitaker one, we've got the Raskin one, which we love. We love the three of them. We also have the Gus Denham um, article, which has went on today about Ben Davies and a really good analysis piece of Ben Davies and where he is. I'll direct you across to them right now. It's at thisisibrox.wixsite.com. Obviously, all the W's um, ahead of that. Kai, thanks for coming on tonight. I've really enjoyed your time. Thanks, mate. No problem, mate. Thanks for having me. Just want to give a shout out, especially the last two articles I went out for the graphics that Scott put together. I think the thumbnails on the articles look amazing. I think deserves massive credit for that. Thanks very much. Well played. Podcast friends. Love it. <laughs> so I should say, and I did say this earlier on um, this evening, if you are watching us um, on social media, we thank you for that. If you aren't, we're on Facebook, this is Ibrox, Twitter and Instagram, at this is Ibrox. If you are watching us on YouTube, do not forget to toggle on your notifications. So every time we go live, you'll get something to say. The guys are here, they're waiting for you. They are ready to give you the latest and very up-to-date Rangers content. Tomorrow, Monday Night Bulletin, Craig Dennett is back with Andrew Anderson and Shug Niblo, which we always look forward to having Shug on the show. Thanks for watching. Uh, have a lovely Sunday and a wonderful week. Good night. Okay.